Welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 17-year-old Catherine Pineda. Catherine has a story that is like no other, and when I heard her story, it honestly shaped my life. Catherine, at age 15, found herself homeless, and since then, has had to encounter several battles. She's helped her sister with drug addiction, She's had several family feuds, and honestly now, she's moved out, she's seen the potential that she has, and she's honestly just following her dreams. Catherine is so strong, has pursued and persevered through life, and has taken life by the horns. I hope you enjoy her story, and this is Catherine. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. Also, we have collaborated and created a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt, which has 100% of profits going towards mental health. Go to Rainco's Clothing and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. Now, I hope you enjoy Catherine Pineda's story and just remember that everyone has a story. <laughs> Hi, Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's always nice to connect with new people and hear different stories and just you being here is gonna help so many people. So I thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Can you hear me properly? Cause like, yeah, okay. I can. yeah, no, it's all good. Might okay. even just turn up my sound a little bit. There we go. Perfect. Well, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on. It's very nice to finally see you and meet you face to face. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm like so nervous, but like excited. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> no, there's no need to be nervous. It's just having a conversation and just you being here and speaking and sharing your story is like, that's the best thing you can ever do. So yeah, for sure. Like, I want it to be like a positive twist. Like, I don't want like a sob story. Like, I just want like people who are actually like willing to listen and like actually take advice and like understand other people's stories. Like, I want that to be like my main priority, like a motivation. Like, yeah, I think, I think it'll be good. I'm really excited. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's awesome. I know that um, even just that, I think one of the biggest things with mental health and just the topic of mental health it always has this uh, big negative shadow over it. Whereas, and that's kind of what we're trying to do here is twist it and just show that it's okay to not be okay. And there's ways to get better. And just having people speak about their stories and basically like success stories, if you will, and how they kind of hit rock bottom at one point, but gained themselves, um, or I guess grew over time and figured out what worked for them. And obviously like yourself, you're here, you're successful and you're you're killing it so getting there we're getting there yeah. from here <laughs> definitely definitely okay did you want to just jump right into your story and obviously start from kind of that first that first bit when you started encountering some struggles in your life yeah yeah totally I I wrote down some points so if I like look I'm looking down that's me <laughs> I just like I when I tell stories sometimes my friends like they're like oh you take so long and I'm like I just <laughs> have to like tell the full story so you don't miss anything exactly. so doing quick little clips. <laughs> okay um so yeah basically like um the beginning uh I grew up with a lot of anxiety as a kid um and 
religion and just like being, I don't know, I guess I was kind of an old soul as a kid, like, you know, being a little kid looking into nature and being like, oh my God, what's the meaning of life and all this stuff. And then you kind of like mix anxiety, you know, religion and just being like a kid who doesn't totally understand everything and just like these big concepts that then it kind of like my anxiety kind of got really intense because I'm like whoa these big concepts about life and my family like they were all right with explaining things but not the greatest so you know I kind of became uh as I got a little bit like older I kind of grew this fear against like religion and like just like this fear against being a bad person like I just wanted to be perfect like I didn't want to be a bad person like I was super harsh on myself and I I'm pretty sure like to be honest I've never really been diagnosed with anything aside from like anxiety and PTSD and like um I, I am like now as I'm older and like the whole like in my life now I'm trying my best to like actually deal with my past like demons like deal with like my mental health and stuff and like get that into check because you know like I I probably had like compulsive disorder as a kid too like I definitely probably had something because like I would uh create like these habits where I would you know I was like oh no like I'm going against God if I don't like open this door twice or something like my brain would just freak out like if I was like I was a bad person so that's just kind of me like as a kid just that was my anxiety and then um basically when I was about like eight or nine um my parents like separated they're not fully divorced but they separated mm -hmm. and um it was kind of dealing like my anxiety was kind of bad at the time. Like it was going up and down and like, depending on what was going on, like it would be really bad where I literally couldn't take a shower alone. Like I would have to have like my sister and my mom, like, you know, kind of like stand there. Cause I was just like freaking out. So definitely with the separation, it kind of made everything super intense. And so when I was young, like eight or like, yeah, eight or nine, we started, like I started seeing a counselor. And so like my, um, my so did my sisters like I have three sisters four of us mm -hmm. and um yeah we all kind of started seeing a counselor because the separation was really messy and just like yeah I, we just needed like that support so we and I'm really glad like I feel like everyone should see a counselor like everyone like they are lifesavers like he's literally like my uncle like still to this day he's like I can talk to him about anything so he's definitely a source of like help that I've stuck with still yeah. um and then yeah so you know it was just like back to the separation like where you're dealing with lawyers then you're dealing with like your mom and your dad saying like one thing about each other and the other thing about each other and like as a kid and being a deep soul you're and trying to be perfect all the time you're like whoa man what is going on <laughs> Like, you know, do I go with my mom? Do I go with my dad? Is it bad if I choose? Like, what should I do? And then, um, you know, they would always ask me, like, who do you want to be with? Like, who do you want to live with? Like, and I would just always, <laughs> the lawyers kind of got pissed because I would always say, like, I don't know. I just kind of go with the flow, like whatever, like is fine with me. Cause I just wanted like a real family. Like I didn't know how to say that, but it was like, I don't want my parents to get separated. Like I thought it was my fault. Like it was just like, I just, 
you know, I wanted to be like, I just wanted a family. Like that's always been a really big thing for me, like having a family or people you can call family. And you just like, I guess I was just feeling really alone and I just didn't want to have to choose. Like, I don't really feel like kids should have to choose to be honest, like, but yeah. So that, that was one thing. And then um, as time passed on, my mom kind of, she kind of became a little bit depressed, Um, you know, in my eyes, not totally knowing a lot about mental health and everything as like a 13 year old ish, like or 12 year old, 11 year old. And um, I was like, oh, like, why is my mom so lazy? Like, why is she always like sleeping? Like she used to be like super successful when she was younger and stuff. And like, just kind of like, why, like, why is this happening now? Like she's always in pain and like all this stuff. And, um, you know, I slowly understood like my sisters and, you know, talking to my counselor, it was like a little easier to understand like what my mom was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, she is a resilient woman. Like I look up to her, even if we're kind of not on the greatest terms right now, like what I'm tr- slowly trying to amend our relationship, but like, um, you know, I still think she's a phenomenal woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, yeah, she was definitely, going through some stuff and uh would kind of lash out on me for it um me and my eldest sister I feel like I mean I'm not 100% sure about my other sisters like I yes kind of but I'm the youngest and uh my eldest sister she's like 16 years older than me and we've always been kind of attached to the hip uh but she yeah she would kind of lash out at us and um mentally more like mentally and emotionally she would just kind of shoot these daggers at us and so it was kind of like middle school time and I was um you know I hated it like I was I would tell my sisters uh like I literally want to run away like I'm gonna run away like I can't stand this anymore because like I'd be getting ready for school and like say I'd sleep in or something and like you know I didn't necessarily go at the right time or something my mom would just scream off the balcony as I was like running to the bus being like you're gonna be late again you're doing horrible like all this stuff like just but like I've blocked out a lot of the shit that she used to say so she some other things but you know like that's kind of the overdraft of it like what she would say and I just was so tired with it you know I never wanted to come home I was kind of was like hiding like I just didn't want to deal with it and then I kind of hit like I would be crying all the time and like all my friends would be like holy shit like what's going on and um I just kind of like finally had enough and I think I was planning to run away like I was like okay I'm gonna plan this like I I can't live here uh I just need to leave and uh my uh eldest sister she was working her ass off like she was working like three jobs at this time because she was like she bought a house when she was like 21. So she was like super young, like super just, she's always a hard worker. And that's another thing I like try and, um, that's another thing I like try and, um, keep, oh, sorry. What is my brain doing? I'm like, (laughs) I'm glitching. Anyways, uh, she's a super hard worker and she's just, that's another thing I admire about her. Like, uh, it's really cool, but she, she was working her ass off and because my mom wasn't working either. So it was just, working so much and then one day she's like 
finally finding out like all this shit because I didn't totally tell her like I didn't really want to burden her with anything like oh this is what's going on with my life like mom's doing this like I didn't really totally want to burden her so it was more my younger sisters that I would like confide in and then I guess they finally told her like dude like you got to do something like Catherine's like on the edge <laughs> and uh she then kind of took me in the car and was like okay what's going on like you need to tell me everything and I did and she's like okay so what I'm thinking is we should you know I'll talk to mom she's like I'm having issues with mom too like I understand exactly where you're coming from mom's doing very similar things to me she's like I think we just need a space like a breather and she's like I think what I should do is get like a um like an apartment for my mom so that way she can just live there for like a month or two or maybe even like a few weeks like just rent something so that way we can just all kind of deal with it and then and like come back and reassess and I was like yeah I think that's a good idea but like um when we brought that idea up to my mom my mom you know especially with culture and stuff it's like even if that house is my sister um it's like oh well uh, this is my house, like, I'm the mother, like, this is, you know, so it was kind of like, my mom was like, what, you're kicking me out, like, all this stuff, and we're like, no, we just need a breather, like, we're all going fucking crazy, like, <laughs> and so she, uh, she um, then was like, oh, I'm taking Catherine, I'm like, no, like, this is the whole reason why we're trying to deal with this situation, and so then after like a little bit of time passed like of kind of the idea lingering in the air like we still never fully did it like it was kind of just like we said it and now we were trying to like deal with the situation so everyone was kind of like looking at each other like what's going on um then it was like february it was valentine's day and basically uh you know i ran to school i was late again <laughs> and i was like running to school and i think like I'm trying to think, uh, school, middle, oh yeah, I fast forward a little bit, but yeah, in, in middle school, like during all this stuff, there was that, um, my personality too, as a kid, like in middle school, I was definitely, cause I was homeschooled for so long. I was kind of weird. And so I was like, but I was myself, like I was an optimistic person. Like I would wear like the weirdest clothes, like you're in middle school, like, <laughs> like what can I say more? Like, you know? like green and pink pants apparently go together like you know um but like I remember my peers would be like why are you so happy all the time like why like why and I just like I was like I'm just trying to be happy like I just like I don't know I feel like we should all be positive like I was just always that kind of kid so I remember in like middle school there's people like would kind of like tease me or like um I kind of dealt with like body image issues at that time too because I <laughs> my body formed quite quick in middle school and like um I remember the girls being like oh my gosh she has big tits and blah 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 like always kind of teasing me and I'm and as like a conserve like a kid that's super religious like super like and um just like being new to school like not really I never really totally had friends before because like my family was kind of closed off like that was their kind of thing like they were kind of closed off that it was like I didn't know what to do like I was like this is weird like I would complain like I was like I'm being bullied like this is not good um and so uh dealing with that like it was it was definitely odd and my personality definitely like changed a little bit as time went by um and then kind of like dealing with you know 
body issues, body, like, what's it called? Like, yeah, like not being confident necessarily. Um, then dealing with my mom too, one of the things she would scream out before I left the house was like, oh my God, why are you wearing that? Like, you look so provocative, like all this stuff, right? Just like super, you know, I was just super like, everyone's against me, like what is going on? And then, yeah, fast forward to like, it was early high school. And um, yeah, on, uh, on Valentine's Day, yeah, my mom, she like overdosed. I think it was like grade nine I was in. Um, yeah, I think it was grade nine. And uh, my mom, she overdosed on like sleeping pills or something. Uh, I like ran to school. I was like hiding from everyone, ran to school. And then uh, I get a call like and a text from my sisters and they're like, mom's in the hospital. Like you need to leave early. Like we got to go see her. I'm like, what's going on? And I remember before I left the house, like, you know, I was like, hmm, it's oddly quiet. Like my mom's not screaming at me. Like what's going on? And I kind of like peered into the room and all I saw her was like, passed out like I was like okay like she's just sleeping she sleeps a lot like at the time she used to sleep a lot so I was like okay and then um my sisters say this and I'm like I felt terrible like I'm like what the fuck why didn't I check on her sooner like this is terrible and you know going there and she was okay so that was good but they found her like passed out in her vomit I guess and um it was just like crazy because we're like was this on purpose was this like not on purpose? Like, we don't know. Um, and like, she wasn't like sober enough necessarily to really tell us anything. But then we were kind of waiting for a while. And you would think like after hours have passed, like, I guess she was sober enough or whatever. But she told one of my sisters, like while she was in the room, like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I was trying to kill myself kind of thing. She told one of my sisters that and like then told us and like, my sister told us and we're like what like what's going on like we knew my mom was like depressed and dealing with stuff but we didn't know it was like this bad you know and so then she um kind of told us like she, it was weird because I thought she was like awake and like talking to my mom now she was telling me how she doesn't remember any of that like she mm -hmm. doesn't remember saying any of that and that she didn't mean to it was a mistake so it's still to this day like I don't totally know because obviously I want to trust my mom and be like okay she's saying she didn't want to hurt herself but at the same time in my brain I'm like I don't know it feels like drunk words or like sober thoughts like I I don't know like so it's still kind of a mystery but we kind of moved past that um and uh she told the people there because they were like do you want to go home and we're like mom just come home like we're you know we'll take care of you like forget about the whole month thing like let's just we'll take care of you kind of thing and she's like no I'm not going back there and you know basically said she didn't want to come back home and so we we're like okay then like sounds good and my mom doesn't remember this like she says that she doesn't remember this so I'm like okay so was she not sober like why would the doctors let us talk to her then if she wasn't that sober but I guess you can never really know um if she was still drugged up and um they my mom ended up like going to I guess in my small town in Campbell River it's like a there's like a women's shelter and so she went to like the woman's shelter and she was like living there for a while and like 
um, some of my sisters were like talking to her. I was kind of, but I was kind of really hurt and scared and I just didn't really know what to do, like how to deal about the situation. So I was there for her, but I definitely was like, whoa, what's going on? Like I needed to process everything. And then um, she was living there for a while. And then it started to become like this thing where it was like family against family because my mom was blaming my sister, my eldest sister saying she was trying to kick me out. Like she's not letting me come home. Like, um, and then started like, just like blaming her for things. And to be honest, like, I don't want to take anyone's side. Cause I just like, I honestly don't know the truth. Like I was there, I saw what I did. I've also blocked out of a lot, a lot of shit from my brain. So I like, it's kind of like remembering it. It's kind of like, Oh, like, am I missing something? But I don't know. I just feel like it was a lot of drama in my family. It was a lot of like, he said, she said, and that's what was mainly happening. So a lot of my family members, like my sisters and like my sister, my other sister's fiance, like they were all like taking my mom's side and they, it was kind of became like a thing of Chantel, my eldest sister and me against everyone else. Mm -hmm. And because my sister was like trying to protect me, she was like, like, no, like, you know, we need to deal with this. Like, this isn't okay. If mom's going to be like this depressed, like we need to deal with this. Like she was just trying to protect everyone. And then they just kind of saw that her being like stern and putting up her walls and being like, no, mom made the decision to not come back. Like, let's deal with this. Like, give it some space, you know, in time, we'll all get back together, but like, let's give it some space. You know, mm-hmm. she just kind of, it, everyone thought she was like against my mom and was just every, it was like every, her and I against everyone else. And then um what was it uh like a few weeks later maybe months I'm not really sure like we were just kind of having issues with some of my sisters like they lived in the house and like some of them paid rent but like it was just kind of there was some issues going on um I'm not going to get too much into it because that's kind of their business but there's just some issues going on and um my eldest sister and I went to a concert like it was my dream concert seeing Shawn Mendes and I was like yeah like I can't wait. This is going to be great. And um, we went to Vancouver, saw him and it came back. And when we come back, the door is open and we're like, what the fuck? And we go inside. There's no couch. There's no like glassware, silverware, nothing. Like our house was literally raided. And we were like, what the hell? And we're like asking everyone in the, like my sister's fiance, we're asking my sister and they're like, I don't know what happened. And I'm like, how the fuck do you not know when a couch is going out the door, man? Like, <laughs> like you had to have seen something. So we knew they were lying at this point. And then we find out like a while later, like this was our mom. Our mom must have done this. Our mom must have done this. And it was her. We find that out because like my sisters were helping her do this. And um, like yeah it was just like it was crazy because you're just like dude I thought we were all like trying to solve issues like not cause more and like because that was another thing my mom always said like oh you're not giving me what I need to live like you're not doing this and like maybe my sister didn't give her what she needed but I'm pretty sure she did like I remember my sister and I packing up my mom's stuff and like Mm. to give it to her because she had like by then she had gotten a part an apartment or something so like I remember packing stuff and I remember we gave her like like what she needed but I guess it just like 
like I said, it was, it's also that kind of culture thing. Like I am Spanish. So like, you know, it, it's kind of like the mom of the house kind of thing. And I think, I think in my mom's head a little bit too, like, you know, maybe she didn't need some stuff and we just weren't listening to her. And like, I feel terrible about that, but like, I feel like it was also a part of like, oh, well, this is my thing. This is my house. So if I can't have the house because it's like my daughter, like she owns it, I'm going to take kind of what I can. Like that's mine kind of thing. So I think it was just a mixture of things. Like I said, like, I'm not trying to like shit on anyone and be like, oh, this person's bad or anything. Like, it's just like, this is what I saw and this is the way I comprehended everything. Um, and then she uh yeah she like stole the stuff so I'm pissed at this point I'm like up to here I was just like finally by now I was finally kind of becoming a hard person like I was kind of stern like I was I was trying for people not to walk all over me anymore because I was so done with it with even seeing how my family treated me that like like my mom and stuff that I was like I'm not dealing with this anymore like I'm not okay with this. I'm going to deal with the root of the issue. And so I remember like barging into my mom's place and being like, who the hell stole all this stuff? Like just like being super rude. And then my sisters, like they were literally all hanging out, like surrounded by the couch. Like they were all like hanging out. And I'm like, seriously guys. And they like, my sister like called the cops on me. Like my, one of my sisters that was in my mom's apartment called the cops on me. They're like, do you think she's drunk or on drugs? And they're like, I don't know. Like kind of making it like this, like, oh my God, like, I don't know. It's like, okay, I'm like 13, 14 by now. Like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm like younger. Like you think I'm going to be on drugs and drunk doing this? Like I was just pissed. I was just thoroughly done. And, um. I just remember ever since that day, like I was so pissed at everyone. I was done. I was like, okay, you want it to be family against family? Like I'll stick with my sister. Like she's been with me for so long. And so I just kind of cut every, like I didn't cut everyone out, but I just stopped talking to everyone. And I did that too, because during that time, my sister was getting death threats from my like aunties and uncles and like cousins and stuff that like live in Toronto and stuff being like why would you do this to your mother blah 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 and I'm just like bro like you don't get the situation you definitely don't because you're sending my sister death threats so it was a hundred percent us against our family Mm -hmm. and then basically um yeah then kind of like fast forward so we're into high school like we're in you know this happened in grade nine so you know we're in like mid high school um I was trying to like get accustomed to everything I was like dealing with a lot of emotions and just like feeling like I definitely had no family so like I went from feeling like that with the separation to now literally feeling like I have nobody Mm -hmm. and um I just you know, I was trying to also, you're in high school, so you're, like, trying to figure out, like, who you are, and, like, what's your style, what's this, like, what are your interests, all this stuff, right, so, and I was slowly becoming less weird, I finally knew how to socialize with people, and I was slowly becoming, like, a social butterfly, but, like, um, you know, and with that, you're then dealing with new things, so now you're in high school, people are all up in your business, people are, like, just finding stuff out, twisting things, rumor mills, like everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, me kind of like dealing with all this stuff, I was kind of just like, sup, you know, like kind of rude, <laughs> like, not rude. I was really nice to everybody, but like no one could fuck with me. Like I was like, I was done. And, um, but you know, you would still deal with like people trying to take advantage of you and just like guys, like, especially, you know, cause by now, by now I was like more confident in myself. Like I was slowly becoming more confident. And I was like, I'm done with everyone constantly sexualizing me because I have big boobs and a butt. I am tired of it. Like, I was like, I just want to wear whatever I want to wear, like a tank, like a tube top like a tank top or something. And, you know, because I have a bigger bust than, than, than someone else, suddenly you're calling for attention. Suddenly you are like a whore like that, like people, like, I don't know why that's the mentality and it pisses me off so much, but like, that was a lot of the mentality. So I'm like trying out new styles. I'm trying to figure out who I am. I went through freaking phases where I like cut my hair and I like teased it. And I was like wearing chokers. Like it was weird. I leather jacket. Like I went through that phase in grade, like early grade nine. And then in grade 10, I was just like, just trying different things out and, you know, slowly becoming more social, like slowly going to like parties and stuff. And um, I remember too like a big thing for me was uh in particularly like I did I did deal with bullying like probably not to the extent like a lot of people have dealt with it but I did deal with it in certain ways like people were jealous people would just say things people were rude like I said like you're a whore because you're wearing this shirt mm -hmm. um and in particularly one time I remember where it totally ruined me like I at the time I was like whoa what's going on because I went to like this beach fire in Campbell River those were like cool little parties everyone was like at a beach fire and um there's these two guys that like came up to me and um we were kind of like taught like I was like talking with their friends kind of thing and this one kid I don't know what he had against me but like he was like I remember in grade seven like he had asked me out and I was like again super religious super like what and I was like oh like you want to go outside and play like I was super like I turned the situation on him because I was like no nah, I'm good um and now fast forward to like grade 10 or something and he's like he's like I don't know if he was pissed at that like it could totally not be even like related to that but I just re remember like we never like he was kind of like bitchy at me all the time and um he like came up to me with his friend and he was like, you're the ugliest Spanish girl I've ever met. And I was like, what the fuck? And my friends like look at him and they're like, you know, cause he was a little bigger. They, they kind of like made fun of that. Like they kind of twisted it and it was like, oh, well like at least her acne is something she could do about. Like, just like, it was rude. No one should have said anything. I should have just been like, fuck you, bye. But like, you know, I was in shock and my friends were like standing up for me. And like, I just remember from that time on, I became super self-conscious about my acne. Like I've been struggling with acne for like the longest time. And just like in general being like, am I ugly? Like, oh my God, like people are con continuously talking about my body. Like what is going on? That then it was just like added to that. Like I was just 10 times more like, oh my God, I'm so ugly. Like my nose is huge, my acne, like all this stuff, right? And then I was like, no no, Catherine, you are a badass and they have no say of anything. And I just kind of remembered that. And I was like, okay, 
going to forget it. And I'm going to be the best Catherine that I've ever been because you know what? Like I'm going to figure out who I am. And I was going to like glow up. I wanted to glow up, like be my best self, not in what they wanted me to look like, but like what I wanted to look like. So I like fitness started becoming my thing. Like I loved going to the gym. It just blew off steam that I had. And I was already really into sports, but I was like, okay, I'm going to be the best person in the sport then. And I wasn't, mind you, I really was not good. I loved soccer and basketball and everything, but I definitely was not like the best. Like I, I, you know, I put in the effort, but we had a lot of work to work on, but I tried. And that's like the main thing. Like I tried, I just did what made me happy. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of dealing with that. And then, um, as I started like partying a bit more and stuff, I, and figuring myself out and everything, uh, I have to admit, I did kind of schooling kind of became, went downhill for me, uh, just with stress and stuff. I couldn't focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just kind of the only thing I could focus on was sports pretty much sports and music. Those are my two favorite things. And like, those were like the only things that I would pretty much go to school for. And my sister, my eldest sister by now, which just my eldest sister and I living together. And she's like 30 by now, or she was like 29, 29 or 30, like 30, something like that. Mm. And um, she uh, was like, she doesn't know how to raise a kid. Like it, you're 30, she just grew up with a family, like, you know, she's just been working so hard. Like she doesn't know how to raise a kid. So I now like, I see that and I don't blame her for a lot of the things she did. But at the time I was like, what the hell, man? Like, why are you doing this shit? So she, um, <clears throat> she would get pissed off over little things. Like, um, what was it? What would she get pissed off? I would take her charger or something for her phone. And she would be like, oh, I'm going to kick you out or something like that. She would always threaten me too with going back to living with my mom. Mm -hmm. And that was something that pissed me off because I'm like, you don't know all the mental like abuse and emotional abuse I went through with my mom. Like, why would you do that to me? Mm -hmm. And um, so it was just her and I would just fight about things. And then she would just like say like, oh, you're going to get kicked out. And multiple times she would kick me out. She would like, I think one time I bleached my hair. Like I said, like I was going through this little phase. I would bleach my hair and she's like, what the hell? And she like kicked me out. She like bottled it up with a bunch of other shit and then kicked me out. And so I was like, what the hell? So I would like live with my friends, families and they're all kind of like, so why'd you get kicked out? And I'm like, bleached my hair, borrowed a charger, like did this, didn't go to school one day, like things like that, little things. And then, um, kind of after one time she kicked me out for like a month, I was kind of done with the shit. And I was just like, oh, like I was pissed. I was just done. And, uh, she left to see her boyfriend in Vancouver for like a weekend. And I finally moved back in. Like it was like a month had passed by and I finally moved back in and I was so done. I was like, and I was partying by now. Like I was like socializing and I was like, I'm going to have a party at my house. And so I did. <laughs> and it was a big one. And it was fine. Nothing got broken. Nothing got like trashed or anything. I was super responsible. I <laughs> made sure everything was fine. But in our house, since my family broke in, what we did was we had like alarm systems and like motion sensors and all this stuff 
because we didn't want that to ever happen again. Like it was thousands of dollars of things that we were like, okay, this can't ever happen again. Like we were on edge with everybody. Like we were like not trusting anybody, like mad trust issues. And um, we, uh, I figured out a way to like put magnets on the door so they wouldn't open it. Like she couldn't detect because it would go automatically to her phone when she would detect something any movement and whatnot and so she did that and uh we pulled out all the batteries and everything but one of my friends like my best friend at this time she forgot to pull out one of the batteries and the smoke alarms and someone was vaping under it or something like someone was doing something under it and it starts going off and my sister gets a notification on my phone on her phone and she's like what's that what's going on why is there smoke in the house like what's going on and i was like oh i just burned a pizza like nothing bad like she's like no what's going on i didn't tell her for the longest time and then finally i don't know how but she's like you're having a party aren't you you're having a party and so i was like yeah yeah you caught me and then she's like done she's like i she's like you are kicked out forever she's like I'm calling the cops, the this, the that, everything. So she called, like, a fire truck showed up, the cops showed up, our our family friend, he showed up to, like, check on the house. And, like, I'm kicking everyone out. I'm like, everyone, get out. And they leave. And um, my sister's, like, on the phone with me. I didn't get any fine, like, nothing. Like, the firefighters were literally like, it's fine, like, whatever. <laughs> Nothing's wrong. Like, it's all good. And um, they, but my sister wasn't, she was pissed. And so she's like, you need to pack your stuff up by, I think it was like 3 a.m. now or like 2 a.m. or something. And they're like, you need to pack up your stuff now, clean the entire house and be out of here by like 4 a.m., 3 a.m., something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm bawling my eyes out, right? All my friends are drunk. They don't care. They're like, oh, that's funny. And I'm just like, dude, I'm literally getting kicked out. What are you talking about? This is funny. And I have to clean the whole house by myself. So I cleaned everything with some of my friends and then they went to another party and I'm bawling my eyes. I'm like, I don't know what to do now. And at my old best friend at the time, like I ended up going to like stay at her house for a while, but her family, the thing with her family is that they are extremely racist and they also like because I was a, like religious as a kid, I never, I was never the kind to like force anything upon them. Like I, I was never that kind of person. Like, oh, you, let me read you the Bible right now. Like I was never that kind of person. I just like my friend, the, this girl would always ask me questions when we were kids. Like she was curious, she wanted to know. And I would just like tell her what I knew about my religion. And I was just like, yeah, like this is what I know and all this stuff. But I think she would tell her parents, just like, you know, when your kids are like, oh, what did you learn at school today? Oh, I was talking to Catherine about religion. And she got, like her family got pissed. They thought I was like this psychopath. Like not only was I Spanish, but I was religious. So they're like, oh my God, like this child's from hell. And um, they kind of like made us not be friends when we were younger, like when we were kids. And at least that's what she said. They didn't, they made us not be friends. And then as we got older in high school and stuff, we like reconnected and we became friends again. And like the, her family, they kind of remembered me, but not totally. And so then I think they remembered who I was. and you know, they would try and blame anything she did on me. So like, you know, say if she decided that she was going to smoke pot that day, or she was gonna, you know, and I, 
I wasn't the one providing it or anything. I was just like, oh, let's do that together. Let's experiment. Like, what is this? Like, cool pot. Like, you know, so she, they always like blamed it on me. Cause like she would be with me or, you know, we would go to like a rave or something. And they're like, oh, it's cause of Catherine. That's why she's a bad influence. And I'm like, no, like we actually both just went together. That's it. Like, so anyways, I went to like stay with her and her dad, I remember he like barged into the room and he's like, why the fuck is she here? Blah, blah, blah. She's not allowed in our house, blah, blah, blah. And my sister's like, or my uh, friend, she was like, no, like she got kicked out, like just for a night or something, like, please. Like, and he's like, there's a reason why she got kicked out, blah, blah, blah. She's a bad person, a bad kid, like all this stuff. Right. And I'm like, I'm right here, buddy. Like. <laughs> you don't even know half my shit. And by now, like, I'm so sad. So everything and so done with everybody that I was like, I like started like raising my tone. And I was like, you know what? You don't know my life. You don't know what it's like to be constantly kicked out for nothing, all this stuff. You don't know what I've been through. And then he finally just kind of like shut up for a minute and then like, let me stay there for like a night. But then I had to like leave. So I did. And then by now it's like, you know, like, no one could really take me in like no one you know I thought this was going to be just like another one of her month things or like weekend things or day things where she would kick me out but it was like this one was like for real like I was gone like she was like go to live with your mom I don't care like go live somewhere and I was like I can't live with my mom I like don't talk to her nothing like I can't and my dad um I guess I didn't really say much about my dad, but like my dad, I was kind of hating him from like the separation and everything and like what I heard from my mom and everything. And my dad, I didn't even know where he lived. I think he lived in Victoria. I think he, like last time I knew he was in Campbell River. Like I didn't know where he lived cause I just didn't talk to him. Like I, I made it very clear. Like I was just like, no. And um, so I didn't really have anywhere to go. And so there were like a lot of times where, um, Like I would, you know, sleep at a friend's house and then go to someone else's house after just like I was kind of couch surfing. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I know I sound I make myself sound myself sound really wild at this time and everything. But like, I was a pretty like chill kid. Like I've always had a job since I was like 13 or 14. Like I always worked for my own things. Like, you know, even if I wasn't doing totally well in school because of my anxiety and like my like I couldn't focus at all I still like tried my best in like sports and everything like I wasn't like a like a high school dropout like I was I was just trying my best and like trying to figure out who I was and know my limits and everything Mm -hmm. and um anyways there were times now by this time like I'm seriously freaking out I don't know what to do it's not fun walking on the street with a suitcase going up and down like the street like not knowing where to live and it's such a small town in Campbell River that like people would drive by and be like what the fuck like what why is she carrying a suitcase Mm -hmm. and so to kind of make it like normalize it for me like find some sort of normality in it for me like I said in high school I love trying different clothes I love trying different styles and for me one of the things was heels I loved heels and I was like if I dress like an adult like heels trench coat like you know nice pants like nobody will think I'm homeless like I don't want anyone to think I'm like homeless like I'm just gonna you know walk with my suitcase they can think I'm traveling somewhere like I'm just gonna wear my heels and pretend everything's fine. So I remember like a lot of people like look at me in school, like why is she all dressed up like this? Like, why is she carrying a suitcase? And I'm like, (laughs) 
just like not living anywhere, kind of, you know, living where I can. Mm. And um, at one point there were times where I didn't know, like I was like, maybe I'll sleep in a tunnel. Like there was like a tunnel next to my school. It was like a, like you could walk past, there's like graffiti and stuff. Like I was gonna sleep there or at the beach, like, you know, beside the water kind of thing uh, or uh, yeah, a few different places. And in particularly one day, like I showed up to my basketball practice and I went, but I had nowhere to go after. And it, it, it had been like a month by now, or it'd been like a, it had been a while since I kind of got kicked out kind of thing. And I was like, so done with it. Cause I, I was just tired of it. I was doing terrible in school now. Cause I had to go to work all the time. Like I, you know, couldn't focus, didn't know, like I was not doing good in school. And um, I, yeah, I was like 15-ish or whatever. And uh, I, after basketball practice, I went to the gym and I like hid there until like everyone left. Like after we were done, everyone like packed up and left. And I was gonna sleep in the gym. Like I was gonna sleep in like the lock, like the change room. And um, I was bawling my eyes out. Like, I'm like, I don't, I literally have nobody now. Like like I I don't have anybody my fa my best friend's family hates me like my best friend you know like like my family my sister like everyone who I thought I was close to hates me and then you know you're dealing with guys too as a kid like in high school like you're like trying to figure that out and you're like wow the people that you actually thought care about you don't mm -hmm. and you know people are two-faced and um I would have guys message me and be like if you sleep with me you can s stay at my place and I was like no what the hell I'm not a hooker like you know and but in the back of my mind I'm like should I is this like should I just like do it so I actually have like a safe like well not safe but a nice like a place like a bed or something like should I just do it and I was like no you can't do this like you're not doing this this isn't okay this is against your morals completely. Like we're not doing this. So I didn't, but it, that's just disgusting. Like that is disgusting to have like people actually say that. Like who, like it, it still to this day mind boggles me. Like no one should have to go through that. And um, thankfully my best, like, you know, my, my literal sister, like she, she is, someone I would call like family. She, we used to be really close when we were kids and then she moved away to Kelowna mm -hmm. and she lives there right now. And she um, found out what was going on and she's like, what the hell Catherine? Like, you should have told me sooner, like what's going on. I'm like, I just didn't want to burden anyone. Like I, I didn't really want to tell anyone what was going on. Like I didn't, I hate, you know, I didn't want people to like look down on me or like, oh, she's a skid. Like she's a high school dropout or she, you know, she's homeless. Like you know, I, I just didn't want to deal with that. Like, I just wanted people to not really know what was going on. I would tell certain people, but I wasn't publicizing it. I was just like, okay, like, yeah. Um, and um, she was like, no, um, I'm going to figure something out for you. You wait in the school. Like, I'm going to figure something out for you. And um, thankfully, her grandma took me in. Uh, her grandma is a phenomenal woman. Like, I call her grandma. Like, she is, whew. I could not be more grateful that I met her. And like, I met her when I was younger um, and she knew what I was going through with my mom. And she had always told me like, if you ever need a place to live or like somewhere to like stay, to stay away from your mom, like you are more than welcome to come here. But I just never thought of that. Like it, 
you know, like I never thought of that. And I, like I said, my biggest thing was I never wanted to be a burden on anyone. And so I was like, okay, well, she's going to take me in like, thank God. And so she did. And she was like super sweet. And, um, I lived with her for quite a few months. Um, uh, yeah, she took me in and, uh, she, she tried to like make me go to school. She's like, okay, come on, let's do it. Like she was really amazing. And, um, uh, kind of while I was, uh, living with her, she, uh, I, I was really sad and I was like trying to figure out who's my real friends, like, you know, cause you feel like your family's against you. Like, you're just like, whoa, like who, who do I trust? And having that, and also, you know, I found like comfort in guys at this time. Like, um, I know there was like my old best friend. She had tried to, you know, start this rumor about me that I was like this whore and that like, I would just sleep with anyone and blah, blah, blah. And she tried to do that. Like she tried to start this rumor, but it's kind of nice to say now, like, it's like, you know, if anyone's hearing, like, that's not true. Like, I literally was at such a low point in my life, like, super depressed. Like, um, I was trying to find comfort in, like, men and stuff. I had mad issues, mad family issues. Not only did I have daddy issues from my dad, like, mm. I just had mad issues. And so, you know, in the back of my mind at this point, I was just like, um, you know, if I can find happiness for a few minutes with someone, like, that's like, it just made me feel wanted. It made me feel like someone actually cared. And so um, I did like, I was kind of like finding comfort in guys. And then I met this guy and he was super abusive. Uh, we started dating. I've only ever had two boyfriends and um, this was the first guy. And he was at first like, you know, it's like, oh, we both have issues. Like it, you know, it was kind of that cliche, like we both have issues. I'll help you. I'll save you, you know? And I'm a very caring person. Like I don't ever, like I've always been the kind of person, like I don't ever want anyone to feel like alone mm -hmm. and to ever go through anything. Like, you know, when my best friend's family was super abusive to her, like, I'm talking, she came to me one time with like scratched her shirt, ripped apart her hair, like falling out. Cause someone was yanking on it. She had like a purple eye. Like she was like, it was a bad fight she had with her family, like my best friend. And like, I took her in, I barely had a family, but I was like, you're going to live with me. You're going to stay here. We're going to take care of you. We're going to deal with the cops, everything. Like you deserve justice. You should never never go through something alone um and so I was just that kind of person in general and you know I was seeing this guy and uh he's a little bit older than me but I was seeing him and he uh it it became very possessive um I was sad right you know I I started dating him I feel like you know to feel like I had a family like I had someone I could call mine someone I could you know trust in and confide in and I think that, you know, you should never get in a relationship ever if you are feeling like you're not, like that's your main reason why. Like you just want to have someone to call your own. Like you need to trust in yourself way more than anyone else because you are your own best friend and no one can change that. No one can take that away from you. And if you remember that and you like actually live by it, being single, being alone, like whatever you go through, like you will feel 
so much more fulfilled and so much more like not alone. You know, if you know you have yourself, like you really aren't alone. And um, like, uh, but like I got together with him and uh, it started becoming bad. Uh, I started gaining weight. Like I was 160 by now. I was like the heaviest I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And I was just like sad eating, like eating a whole bunch. So dealing with that too, right? Uh, and then uh, he would literally, when we were breaking up, there were part times where he would literally start speeding and then slam on the brakes so I would hit my head on the like the door thing. Or I would like try and open the door while he was driving because I didn't feel safe. When he would get mad, he would speed and like almost get in a car crash to like get me scared. And like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, babe. And like, you know, there were times where I was like, I'm gonna get out, like I'm opening up the door and he would speed even more. Like it was just bad. Um, he, you know, when we had broken up and so it was kind of like a, a process of like, um, we had already broken up, but we wanted to get back together. But I just like, I still wanted to be his friend. Like he was so lonely and it was going through so much shit. And like, I just wanted to be there for him. Um, even as a friend, and, uh, but like, you know, I would get in his car and he'd be like, I heard you kissed this guy. What the fuck? And I'm like, uh, yeah, but we're not together. Like it was at a party. I was really drunk or something. And he would like open the door and puke and be like, you're a fucking whore and a slut and this and that, like just using these words to like hurt me. Cause he knew they already hurt me, but he was just like using them even more now. And, um, like, uh, I remember, yeah, he would just do that. He, before we even broke up, it kind of became physical. It kind of was like, I wanted to get away from him. So I ran out of his house and um, he would follow me and like grab me. And I was like pushing him like, no, get away. Um, so it kind of became physical like that too. I don't think he ever meant to hurt me. Like I really don't, but he's had a lot of anger. He's just a very angry person. And I really hope he's a lot better now. Like I've never, I haven't talked to him since, but I do really hope he's doing okay. Um, and his family was amazing. Like his mom, she like took me under her wing too. Like, it's not like he's a bad person. I would never say he's a bad person. Like he, he has a heart. Like he, he does have a heart, but he just like so much anger, had so much anger that it was just bad. And the lash outs were bad. Like his family saw it. He would get like, in physical altercations with his dad. Like it was really bad. Um, but his mom, like, I remember she was the sweetest thing. They took me to like pick my first Christmas tree up. Like they did so much stuff with me, like, like super amazing. Um, and yeah, she was just great. But uh, yeah, he just had a lot of issues. And then, you know, we had finally broken up and at one point we were kind of gonna get back together again. It was kind of weird for like a month or two. It was like this weird in-between thing. And, uh, he, we had, he had wanted to take me to like the doctor to make sure I wasn't pregnant or something. Like it was something like that. And, uh, I was like, no, like, I'm fine. I'm on birth control. Like it's fine. And he was just like, no, we have to go. So he picked me up. And also another thing is, is he would like tell a lot of people our own personal things. So it was really uncomfortable too. Cause I was like, not only was he like aggressive and shit, but then he was like airing out like anything about us. 
and I was like what the hell and so anyways he had drove to pick me up and I was just super pissed and I'd gone into the doctor and I was like I'm dealing with a very abusive person outside and I can't, I like I don't want to take anything I just like I'm fine and she's like yes you're fine the nurse was super nice she's like do you want me to call someone like do you want like what do you want and um she's like do you want me to help you like escape like do you like what's going on and I was like no I just you know I think I'll walk out like I don't want to be an asshole and just like leave and have him being like where the fuck did she go but like I just don't want to take anything she's like of course she's like staying here for a little bit we'll pretend whatever happened like you took your plan b or whatever and she's like and then just leave and she's like and you need to get out of this situation as quick as possible and I was like okay so I left like we left and then he's asking me did you take it do you like all this stuff and then I'm walking away and I'm just like like I was like telling him I was like dude, his name, I'm not going to say his name, but like yeah. blank, you know, <laughs> you, uh, like stop following me. I don't want to see you like, get, like, get away, like stop. And he got so mad. And in the middle of downtown, he screams, you'll be back here again, slut, blah, 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 blah. Like screaming all these things about me. You're a fucking whore, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and all these people are like coming out of the bank, like looking like what the hell is going on? Like, and I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm pissed. I'm like done. And I just like, uh, I uh, start screaming and I like ran away. I walked away and I was like, I have a good idea. I'm so pissed by now. I'm not this, I'm not a very physical person, but I was pissed and I grabbed my key and he like was driving past me and I pretended like I smiled at him and I pretended like I wanted to get in the car. And this is what I mean, like our relationship was fucked. Like he <laughs> would like, the fact he thought that I would even get in his car after him saying this to me and like screaming and he was like moving stuff away so I could sit in there. I was like, oh hell no. Oh, you did not just deal with me. You do not get a Spanish lady pissed. <laughs> and I grabbed my, I like smiled. And I just like keyed his car. Like I fucking, I like sliced his car. Honestly, it wasn't that bad. It, I didn't want to like ruin it. It was just kind of like a little like pencil, like a little, it wasn't that bad, but like, it was just the feeling and the look on his face of like, huh, see, I'm in control now. Yeah. And like, I just left. And um, yeah, that was the end of that. Thank God. But it, even afterwards, he would try and start rumors about me. He, he would try and start shit about me, lies about me, all this stuff. And um you know, it was a bit shady too, because my best friend at the time, she would still like talk to him and then she would take his side on things and all this stuff. And I'm like, do you not remember half the shit that he did to me? Like, I'm not saying you have to be rude to him, but you weren't friends with him prior to me dating him. Like why, like bros before hoes, you know, like, <laughs> like why buddy? And so anyways, but, uh, that's what he had did. And then, um, Oh, what happened after that? Pretty much it was me uh, trying to figure out my stuff. I wanted to reconcile with my family. Um, but also during this time of living with my grandma, um, the government found out. And so now it's dealing with the government too. So they're like, who are you living with? Like I, cause I had tried to get some help in a way that I could get my own place mm -hmm. and that I could um, like live, uh, I could live on my own, but like have funding from the government. And they were like, 
no, we can't do that. Unless you're in a physical, like unless your family's physically abusive, uh, basically you can't like, or you have a restraining order or something, like you can't uh, just like live on your own with funding from the government. And I like, and like, this is a big reason why now I'm studying in school, like law and like, you know, child advocacy, like it's something I wanna do because like no 15 year old, yeah, 15 year old should be like, what do I do now? Like, how, how do I live? I didn't wanna be a burden to anyone. Like I didn't, people, I, I remember teachers and like counselors and everything were trying to tell me like, you should just get into foster care, just get into foster care. And I was like, no, like I, I'm hard, like I am, I am a stern person. Like I know what I want and I go and I get it. And I know I wanted to reconcile with my family, but I, I wanted a family. That was it. I don't want to live with anyone else but my family. But if I, like, I don't want to get sucked into the system of foster care and all this stuff. It's not a bad system. Like, I know plenty of people who are like, if I didn't go into foster care, like, I don't know where I'd be. Like, I know it's helped a lot of people, but for me, it wasn't going to be one of them. Like, especially in Campbell River, it's just, it's a sketch town. Like, it's just not it. And, um, I, you know, they would try and lure me, be like, oh, you got free dental though. I'm like, do you think I care about dental? <laughs> really? Like, oh, I'm going to go in foster care because of dental. Like, no, that's just, oh, they tried to lure me with so many things. I'm like, nah, that's not going to work for me, buddy. But, um, you know, I, I fought real hard against the government being like, don't take me away. Like, don't put me in foster care and anything. Um, and so kind of finally they were like, okay, well, we'll turn your grandma or like my best friend's grandma into a, uh, like a, um, your guardian kind of thing. And, uh, they had tried to, to be like, oh, go see your dad. Like, go see this. I'm like, okay, do you not understand? Like, I don't talk to any of my family. Like my eldest sister and I are trying to mend our relationship, but she wouldn't take me back. Like at all, no matter if I was like sleeping on the street or what, like she would not take me back. Um, and that's, that's fine. That was her decision. Like no hate against it. Like it sucked at the time, but whatever. Um, but they like, no, I wasn't talking to my mom, like nothing. And so they finally, yeah, let me live with the grandma and stuff. And they kind of provided like tax funds with, for her, you know, and, uh, they ended up contacting my dad at this point. I think I was 16. No, I was, I was still 15, but they like contacted my dad at this point And like my dad, was crying he didn't know that I was like homeless he didn't know any of the stuff that was going on he didn't know why like what happened with my mom like he didn't know any of that and uh like he knew little bits and pieces but not any of that and he's like was like so sorry like he's like I'm so sorry like you know blah 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 and I'm like no like to be fair I did block you out of my life like you know um but now it was you know they had sat me and my dad in this room because my dad was going to give money to my grandma, to my grandma to like help me live, like live. Cause the government wouldn't do it. So they were like, okay, well your dad can do it. Um, and so my, I was sitting there with my dad and he's like crying and we're crying and he's like, I'm so sorry. And so now we're starting to mend our relationship. Like at the time, like we were starting to mend it. And like, I started realizing, you know, like there's always like life is very gray 
there really is no good and bad. Like there are bad things. There are good things, but like when it comes to relationships and friendships and like life in general, it's very gray. Like my mom said one thing about my dad. He said another thing about my mom. Now it's kind of just putting two and two together and making your own opinion based on it. And like, so I was just kind of like now understanding a little more like, you know, forgiving him, just kind of moving on. And um, yeah, I, uh, after a while, you know, um, of living with my grandma and stuff, and um, I would start, I was starting to visit my mom a little bit. My mom had apologized. She just cried too. And she was like, I'm so sorry, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, um, I'm sorry for anything that I, like any pain that I caused you, like anything. And you know, it seemed genuine. And I was like, okay, like she's apologizing. She's owning up to her stuff. Like that was, that's my main thing in life. Like you don't have, like just own up to your stuff, like own up to it and actually genuinely apologize. Don't just do it to make someone shut up or something or come back into your life. Like, no, genuinely thoroughly, like look inside and figure out what you did wrong and learn from it and just apologize. And I'm, I will, take you back instantly like in in a second like I don't like I said like family meant the most to me I started talking to my mom and by now I my elder my other eldest sister so not Chantel my eldest but my second eldest Veronica she um I didn't realize how bad like how bad everything was going with her um she was starting to see this like 50 year old man and she's like 23 at this time. She's seen this guy and uh, she's living on the streets. She was doing meth and crack and all kinds of things. Um, not to mention she's visually impaired because like when she was 12, uh, we don't really know what had happened, but she lost her vision when she was 12. So like she is a, an extremely strong woman. Like I, like, you know, I'm extremely proud of my family to say like, holy shit, they have gone through so much stuff and they are amazing women. Like all of my sisters, all of my family, um, I'm super proud of them. But, you know, at this point, I'm like super confused. Like she was doing all kinds of drugs she, ever since she was younger, like in high school, like when she was younger, she, you know, she did deal with some like depression and all this stuff. And and I wouldn't blame her for being depressed when you you remember what it's like to see and then in an instant, your vision's gone. You can't see anything. Like, you know, and also dealing with living in a small town too. Like people automatically think like you have a disability, like you're weird. I'm not gonna talk to you, right? She's the smartest girl I've ever met. Like she would do physics and calculus and computer programming. Like she was the shit. She was amazing at all this stuff. And, um, she kind of, uh, yeah, just went down the wrong path. Like she, you know, was seeing this older guy. He was like, she was an alcoholic. Like she was doing all these hard drugs. And I remember one time I was walking down the street with my friend and uh, I see this girl from behind and I see she has a cane, right? So like, there's not many visually impaired in people in Campbell River. So I'm like, than my sister but she was stick thin like she she looked like a druggie she was super stick thin and I was like that's not my sister like she doesn't look at all like my sister that's not her and she turns around 
And I'm like, that's my sister. Holy shit. And, um, you know, um, in the back of my mind, like, I'm like, what happened? Like, how did this become like this? Like, and you should always struggled with things, but like, I didn't think it was going to get this far. So now like I go up to her, right. And I'm like, Hey, it's Catherine. And she's like, Catherine. Oh, like from the clinic or like wherever. And I was like, no, your sister. And she's like, Oh, hi. And I'm like, wow, you can't even remember me? Like, holy, like you, like, it was crazy. And I, I started crying after I left. Um, and my friend was like, she was in shock too, because she had, she remembers she had remembered me when I was little. So she remembered my sisters and she's like, holy, like what is just happening? So now I was like, I need to help my sister. I need to figure out a way to help her and get her out of this. Like, I can't, I can't see her like this. This is not okay. And um, you know, I was trying to talk to my mom, figuring out what was going on. So I was hanging out with my mom more and stuff. And by now then, uh, I ended, I actually ended up moving in with my mom, uh, in the apartment. I, you know, I said, thank you so much to my grandma. Like I said, thank you so much. Like you've helped me so much, all this stuff. You've been an amazing support. Um, but like now I think it's my time to help my family and like try and fix, like, I'm a fixer upper. I love fixing people. I love fixing things. And that's a big issue of mine that I'm, I've learned now to put on the back burner. But uh, I was like, okay, we got to fix this. And um, I ended up living with her and I was slowly trying to help my sister, but it was scary. She would bring like my, my sister was kind of living with my mom. Like there was really no reason for her to be homeless, but she just like liked it, like liked living with people like that. And I, and I think a big part of it, which is, it's a really weird thing about mental health, like a big part of it too. And with drugs and stuff, I feel like they like for my sister, let's just say like, she felt like she belonged there and she didn't feel like she belonged anywhere else. And because like she confused different between people actually caring about her and wanting the best for her with people who were using her money and knew that she was feeling alone and like she had nobody and was using that against her in a way to like take advantage of her. And it was, it to think about that, it disgusts me and it just like made me feel so bad. Like, like no one should feel so unloved, so broken that they have to turn to drugs and creepy people who are using you like no one should ever feel like that but my sister like she is very loving like I come from a family of loving people like no matter our issues and any bad things we do like we are loving and my sister like she would just trust like she would blindly just trust in anyone and they took advantage of her they took her money they took everything her dignity like everything and um you know it was it was really bad so I was slowly trying to like counsel her like you know help her I remember at, at times like I would like leave work early um to try and like go f meet up with her and then you know say hey let's go to this um like services like to help her get a counselor to help her get over this addiction like because she would tell me so many times like I don't want to be addicted to these things I don't but I am, and I can't do anything about it. 
And she would just like, tell me all these things. And I'm like, but you can, like, you just got to put your mind to it. Like, it's not easy and dealing with addiction. Like I'm still learning about it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing counselors and stuff who like know about these issues so I can figure out a better way to support my sister and to understand more about like the mental health and like what it does to your brain and like addiction and all this stuff. But she, uh, like I was hopeless. Like I didn't know what to do. I've never felt that hopeless. Like I didn't know how to help someone. Um, and I was just like, I don't know. So, you know, slowly she started getting better, but it, for a long time, it was like now she's so much better. Like she's living with my mom. She's so much better. You know, I'm really proud of her. She's trying to open up a new leaf into like religion and like trying to become a better person. But like, you know, and she's not doing drugs anymore. Thank God. Like she's getting help. She's get taking meds. Like she's doing a lot better now, but it was even crazy to talk to her because she, her brain was like of a baby. And like, that's what like hard drugs do to you. Like her brain became like a baby. I couldn't have a normal conversation with her. It was mush from falling down off of a building because she was too drunk or something like drugs, like everything. And, um, I remember in particularly, this is when I learned like how to, that I needed to put boundaries up from people because she ended up, uh, like there were many times where I would try and like help her out and I would give her advice and she would go, you don't know what it's like to be homeless. You don't know what it's like living like this. You don't know, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. You don't know what it's like to be heartbroken, like all this stuff. And like, I'm like, oh, you don't know half the shit I've been through. Like, you know, I never told her, like she didn't know any of this stuff. Um, and it, it was just annoying to see, like she would have these trips where, or like she would be on drugs where she would like come home to my mom's place and like bring weird people, like really weird people. And I'm like, I don't, I wasn't feeling safe. And, um, or she would like come home and be on drugs and like just start causing a fight like start an issue and like I had finally been like you know what I can't help her she needs like a uh, professional support like she I can't there are things that I can try and support her with but I can't fix her like she needs professional support and I finally took a step back and because I like I was doing shit in school by now I think I had moved into online schooling uh, I was still doing sports and stuff, but I moved into online schooling because I couldn't focus with everything going on in my life. I genuinely could not focus with for anything. Um, and I always put everyone first above me. So finally now with like living on my own, like not knowing where to go and all this stuff, I finally was putting myself first. Like I finally was like, I am a priority. And I, it's kind of one of those things where you have to like, what is it you have to in airplanes you have to put your own mask on before you help someone else yeah and so I was like I need to put myself first I need to figure it out so um you know as time passed like I kind of told my family like my mom and my dad I was like don't tell me about the shit that's going on with my sister I I can't like I can't deal with it I tried for months for like a year like I tried but I can't anymore. Like I need to focus on me and I, I can't deal with this anymore. If there's something I can do, tell me, but I can't. Cause we had tried to take her into like, um, hospitals, like, you know, and she would say, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go. And then like one time we took her to Vancouver, like to like, um, like a psych ward. And, um, you know, she was doing okay. 
for like a month and then she ran away. She ran away from the psych ward and she randomly hitchhiked her way to back to like the island. Like she just was not like she would have these spurs of doing better, doing better, doing better. And then she'd take us like a line of coke and then be done again, like back into her thing. So, um, you know, by now I like just kind of told them like, don't like, I hated it. I would be at work and I'd be getting spammed with calls and texting your sister's missing. Your sister's missing. You don't know where she is. Your sister's missing. And I'm like, well, what can I do? I don't have a car. I'm like 16 by now. I'm like, I don't have a car. Like I can't just leave my work and come console my mom at home. Like I can't like, um, and, uh, you know, as time was passing by, uh, you know, um, back to like, just like what I was going through, I was like grade 11, grade 12. And I was just kind of like, um, putting myself first, dealing with stuff. Um, I met, like, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't friends with that friend anymore. Like the one with the abusive family. I wasn't friends with her anymore because she had by now, um, she turned everything I had said against me. She made these rumors and twisted everything I said. And, um, I, at the time, like, you know, I tried to look at, cause it was in particularly, it was over this text. She had told me like, um, you are a whore, a slut, God hates you. Um, you're not going anywhere with your life. Um, you like, just like are this terrible person and God hates you. And you use your sister's story as a way to have a sob story for people to care about you. Uh, she said that I only cared about myself. Um, I was, yeah, basically like, I was just so focused on my own shit that I kind of used it as a way for people to feel sorry for me. Mm. And that is, if anyone who knew me, that is a hundred percent, not me. Like I, you know, that's why right now it's weird talking about this because I shut it out. I didn't tell many, any people, literally I'm at my friend's house right now and they didn't know half of anything that I'm saying now until yesterday when I told them because I didn't want people to think that. I didn't want people to think I was trying to cause like a sob story because that's not at all my intention. I just wanted like, one, I was looking for support because like, it's your best friend. You would think that, you know, they'd be supportive for you. So of course she heard most of the shit that I had to say, but you know, I told her because I was trying to find support. I was also trying to um, help her with her own stuff. Like I, I like to be relatable to people. I want to help people. I want to be like a counselor one day or something. Like I love helping people. Um, and I feel like I've been through a lot at such a young age. I had to mature pretty much since I was like 14. Like I had to mature right away um, and learn all these concepts and stuff that you really shouldn't learn until you're older. And I learned them at a young age. Mm -hmm. And um, she, like, I just didn't want anyone to feel alone. That was my main thing. I didn't want anyone to feel alone or broken or anything. Um, I hate when my friends message me and they're and they're 
and they're saying like, there's no reason for me to be here. Like I, I, there's no reason for me to live like all this stuff. And I'm like, no, there is a reason. Like you have no idea how important you are. And even if you're important to just one person and that could person could be me, like you make a huge difference in my life. Like don't just take all the issues you're having and bottle them up into one and just make the idea that the reason why you're going through all this stuff is like, you shouldn't be here. Like I should kill myself like that. No one should think like that. Like it's really sad to see that um, because like, I just don't want anyone to feel like that. I going through all this stuff, I became suicidal. I did. I, um, I remember I was like crying on my grandma's floor, like in the bathroom, just, I had no idea what to do. Um, just feeling absolutely alone, but I never, you know, uh, I, I never totally like, I felt suicidal. I felt sad. I felt depressed. Um, my anxiety was sky high. I was overeating to compensate. Um, and I just didn't know who I was, who my friends were, nothing. But I always in the back of my head, always knew there's a reason why I'm here. There is a reason why I'm here and it's to change someone's life. And I, and I very believe very firmly, like, like, God put you on this earth for a reason. And he's, you're going through these things for a reason. Like not, I feel like everything happens for a reason. I went through all this stuff. Like, even though all this stuff sucks, I wouldn't change the past for a thing because it taught me so much. And it like made me the person who I am today. I wouldn't have packed my bags and moved to Victoria and get my own place at 17 because like, like I would, I wouldn't have just done that if I didn't go through what I had to do and learn how to budget and learn how to, you know, do all these things at a young age. Um, like everything happens for a reason. Um, and everyone, a big, there's a, this quote that I, you know, I want to get tattooed on me, but my counselor told me it actually. And he's like, everyone comes into your life for a reason, a season or forever. Um, and I couldn't have found that more true. Like everyone does come into your life for a reason, a season or forever. Um, also during this time, I was like, okay, I'm done with feeling sad. I'm done with feeling uh, depressed. Like I wanted to kill myself. Like I wanted to do something about it. So I started listening to motivational speeches. I started focusing on like my music kind of thing, my poetry. Like I started going back to the gym. I started, you know, getting these hobbies, like creating these things. Right. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I just started doing all this stuff to become like a, like the best version of myself. And, um, one of the things, like a few things, there's a few things that I learned from the motivational speeches. And, uh, one of them that had stuck with me was 20 seconds of insane courage. And I promise you something great will come out of it. It only takes 20 seconds. And, um, I, it was from a movie. It's actually from a movie called, uh, we made a zoo or something. Yeah. And, uh, I, but when I was little, like I remembered it. And then as I grew up and I heard it in a motivational speech, I remembered it. And I was like, this means so much to me. Like, you know, 20 seconds of discomfort, 20 seconds of something and something great will come out of it. Like, um, you know, like living, like, you know, uncomfortably sleeping in a tunnel, you're like, you know, yes, this sucks, but something great will come out of it. Like something great will come out of it. Um, 
And so I, um, I was slowly starting to like get myself back on my feet, doing my thing. And uh, then, yeah, that's when my best friend and I stopped being friends. She, you know, became jealous. I see. Uh, she just started turning things around and putting them against me. She's like, no one loves you. No one cares about you. Everyone hates you. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And I, I reasoned with her. I'm the kind of person uh, I've always been like, I will always be the last person to try and fix it. I will always be the last person to try and like say like, okay, like let's deal with this, let's move on. Um, and if they accept that, then great, we can figure it out. But if they don't, that's not my issue. I tried, I reached out, I you know tried to fix the issue, but if they don't wanna fix it, I can't do anything about it. I can't save everyone. I can't save every friendship. Like I said, like, there was a reason why she was there for me. There was, a, she was there for a season, but definitely not forever. And she taught me a hard lesson at a young age, which is you can't trust everybody. And sometimes, and you know, I, I also did learn too. One of the things she said, she's like, you talk about yourself too much, blah, blah, blah. And so I reflected and I was like, you know what? I could see why she would say that. I could see why she would think that I was like talking about myself a lot because I was just trying to be relatable. I was trying to help her learn. Like if she had an issue, I was trying to help her fix it. And I would use me as an example because I was the only example that I could really think of. Like I went through it, so I'm going to help you. Um, and so I tried to do that, but she just kind of took it and started this rumor about me, uh, just a lot of shit about me. And um, I ignored it. I learned right away that I was like, I need to um, put my head down and work my ass off. Put my head down and work my ass off and just do everything really, really well and just just do it. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of, you know, I grad like I was finishing school, you know, finishing online classes. I technically graduated, like I'm not technically graduated because I still have courses I'm upgrading, yeah. but I'm like done school, if that makes sense. Uh, still some courses to upgrade and finish so I can fully get my diploma, but like, whatever. I feel like people, you know, it's, it comes in time. Sometimes like uh, it's going to be easy. Like, you know, sometimes like maybe there's a reason why I didn't get it right away. Like maybe there's a reason why I, uh, yeah, I didn't get my diploma right away. Like clearly I had other things to deal with and that's okay. And like, it's not a rat race, like, yeah. you know, with time you get what you work for. But um, uh, I started dating someone and um, I care a lot about him, like still. Um, I hope him the best. We're not friends, um, but I genuinely, he is an amazing person. Like he is a great person and I just hope that he matures enough to, you know, show that side of him more than the immaturity <laughs> but uh, he is a great person but um you know I uh he's he's a bit older than me and um you know he he definitely came into my life for a reason like I you know learned a lot from him he you know I learned what it's like to really love someone and then have them completely ruin your trust um and uh you know he he disrespected me with some things but he he did always you know, like showed the good side in him. Um, but I think grade 12 was definitely one of the most like changing times in my life, like a hundred percent, because 
you know, now I, I was homeschooled, like doing online school and I was focusing on myself, my friends and everything, but I hate, I hated Campbell River. Like I needed to leave there. I, you know, everybody, they have such a small town mindset. They, you know, not everybody, but a lot of the people there have such a small town mindset. They don't have really any ambition, at least the people, like, like I say again, not everybody. There's amazing people there, obviously, but it's just like the main thing that everyone had in common was like, you know, they they would backstab people, they would talk shit. Like they were always up in everyone's business because it was so such a small town. Everyone had nothing better to do. And um so, anyways, uh definitely grade 12 was crazy because I, you know finally was like planning like okay when am I leaving when am I moving all this stuff I was dating this guy I was dating him on and off for a year um not fully a year just like on and off for a year and um you know like uh it was messy there was a lot of shit that had happened during our relationship a lot of stuff and um uh you know in between his best friend's ex-girlfriend now, but his best friend's girlfriend at the time, she tried to make my life a living hell. I mean, that's the way, you know, my ex kind of said, like, he's like, oh, it's from this girl. Oh, this girl said this, this girl said that. But like, she, you know, I was super nice with her. Like, I didn't have anything against her. Like, no matter what anyone would tell me about her, like, I never had anything against her. And she just like, I don't know why, but she hated my guts. And she tried also to like, by now I'd cut out everyone who was toxic in my life. Like I didn't want to deal with them. Like I just was like focusing on me, like I said. And so um, this girl, like, you know, she, I don't know if she heard something from my ex or what, but she would make these rumors up of, oh, when we broke up, I was pimping myself out apparently. Um, when we broke up, uh, she was saying that I was like, having sex with other people's girl, uh, other people's boyfriends, like girls' boyfriends, which is, I've been cheated on. I know what that feels like. I would not do that. Um, she, it, it was, I, now I laugh about it because I'm like, that's actually really funny that she would like, like most people know my character and most people know I'm not like that, but it's funny that like some people who didn't know me or who just had this bad idea of me from what, like my ex-best friend tried to say and then this girl's trying to add to it it was just kind of funny so but I definitely dealt with bullying because then I had like these girls who were like against me they like hated me it was only two it was only like three girls but still it feels like a lot it's a small town it's like everyone talks and uh I remember in particularly like we had broken up and um, I was going through a lot at this time, right? Still dealing with my sister, still dealing with schooling and my anxiety. I'm trying to manage it. Like at the time, it was a lot better, right? Like after I turned like 13, 14, it got a lot better. I was figuring out ways, but still dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And um, like uh, I started see like I wasn't dating this guy, but I was seeing him and he was on the same boat as me. Like he was like, oh yeah, like I, I left my ex-girlfriend. Like she was using me for my money she was you know all this stuff like telling me all this stuff and you know again I'm a fixer-upper and I was like oh like I understand and so we never fully started dating but we were seeing each other and he you know 
like again like he came into my life for a reason not forever but he did teach me like a lesson of like he he ingrained in my bread my my head my bread okay he ingrained in my head that, you know I needed to put myself first I needed to like shut up whatever anyone was saying uh, whatever those three girls were trying to say I had to shut them out and just focus on me and um it was true. Like it, it, he, he was right. He was a hundred percent right. Um, but you know, he told me he loved me and all this stuff. So me, I am a hopeless romantic. I will admit that right now. I am probably the most, like, I'm the kind of person I don't date just to date. I actually date to see a future. Like doesn't necessarily, we have to mean we have to get married, but just like a long future, like over a few months, like, you know, <laughs> um, so that's why I've only had two boyfriends. Like, I could only see myself with two people like in the future and this other guy he was I was thinking about it I was like yeah you know it would we were okay like I met his dad like everyone was fine like I was helping him he was you know he had anxiety and all this stuff like it it was slowly like I don't know I I was happy I was definitely happy but you know I guess I just wasn't the one and he found someone else and I'm really happy for him and um just it was kind of a gong show a hundred percent but uh this girl <laughs> is uh my other like my ex's uh best friend's girlfriend she uh she's a funny one she was uh trying to you know say all this stuff about me and then uh the girl the ex-girlfriend of the guy that I was just talking to like seeing she starts uh messaging me being like uh because uh uh, the ex-girlfriend like the ex-girlfriend of the best friend he uh she, I gave her my hoodie one time when she was partying and uh she was like oh she kept it and I was like can I get it back right and uh then the ex-girlfriend of the guy that I'm seeing sorry this is really confusing but she starts going like oh like get your skanky ass hoodie back like just starts like shaming me and that's a big reason why I'm very uh against uh those words because it's like it's so stupid you can call someone like a woman a whore or this or that and it's a bad thing but when it comes to like a man you can't see anything you know what I mean a girl can sleep with two guys or zero guys and either be called boring or a whore and a guy can sleep with 15 girls or something and be called like oh yeah he's awesome <laughs> like the worst thing you can really say is like oh he's a fuck boy but even then people are just like oh whatever cool like so I hate I hate these terms like whenever someone says it or they're mad and they're like saying something about someone I am the person to be like don't say that mm -hmm. rechange the word like let's figure out a different way to say that like don't start tearing someone else down because you're mad at them. I've every time I've ever talked shit or like gone mad, but been mad about something that someone did to me, I've never said they're a bad person, blah, blah, blah. I've always been like, this is my point of view on them because of X, Y, Z. This is what they did to me. But I'm not saying they're bad. Like they, I'm sure they're a great person and you can like them. You can be friends with them, but I'm not. Like I, I'm, I have that boundary to not be friends with them. And so- yeah, I uh, then had my ex texting me being like, uh, I'm hearing the greasiest stories about you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, I know where this is coming from. Mm -hmm. And I was just so done. I didn't, you know, 
get mad at anyone, but I definitely then became suicidal again because now it felt like the whole town was against me. And it, it was not the whole town. I definitely overreacted. It was like five people that were like talking shit, but like in your brain, you're like, holy shit, everyone hates me. Like everyone thinks I'm this disgusting thing. Like, you know, when it's not true, none of it was true. Like none of it was true or something was being twisted, you know? And so anyways, I ended up getting back and forth with my ex, but, uh, you know, he did apologize. He did say like, I'm sorry, you know, the, my best friend's ex-girlfriend was telling me all this stuff, like making it false. And so we did end up getting back together, but then, um, it was, it was a lot of shit. And he, he definitely taught me, um, to put myself first a hundred percent, um, what had happened like fast forward now because there's not really much to talk about it like it's it's private I don't really want to talk about like my relationship with him there's definitely a lot of things that had happened but we don't need to talk about that but um you know keep the privacy but uh he uh um before I moved to Victoria um he broke my trust three times in three days uh I was waiting to move to, I was thinking of moving to Vancouver, Kelowna, Victoria, like anywhere, just not Campbell River. And um, I was making plans, right? And he wanted to move with me. Like there were multiple times where he was like, oh, like I would love to get a place with you and blah, blah, blah. And like telling me how much he cared about me. And then two minutes later, he'd be like, oh, I never said that. I don't remember saying that I cared about you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Um, but before you know, I moved, like I wanted us to be strong enough that if we were to stay together or break up, we could still be friends. We could still, cause he meant a lot to me as an amazing person, but I just like, you know, I, I was like, I just want that we're okay, that we can deal with whatever happens. And um, well, that didn't happen because he uh, ended up um, breaking my trust. And I'm like, I'm, he asked me, he's like, oh, why can't we still be friends? I'm like, because I'm not going to be friends with someone who ruins my trust. Like a whole point in friendship or relationship or any kind of thing is trust. I can't trust you. You literally broke my heart. Like, um, and I had let a lot of shit that he had did pass me. I forgave him right away. I would kind of be mad for a few months. We wouldn't talk. And then three months later, he'd message me. Like it, it's all our relationship was always like that. But this time I was like, nope I'm done this is the last straw that this is it and um I told him that and uh you know like I I had broken up with him and uh I left crying his house because like, by this time I was kind of living with him like not totally but like for the summertime I was living with him this was like June July like of the summer like I was living with him and like uh you know I just just had done so much for him and like I just wanted him to know like I was there for him like that was it I I'm like a pretty chill girlfriend I'm not the kind to like you know stalk your location not let you have girls that are friends like I'm not at all like that I want someone you know like if I want to have guy friends too like they can have girlfriends I'm not I'm not gonna be biased mm. but um I wanted to um like there was just boundaries though. Like in every relationship, there's boundaries. Like you don't, yeah, there's, I'm not gonna, there's just boundaries. Okay, <laughs> you just don't do certain things. I think that's pretty clear. But, um, you know, I had finally been done. Like I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm putting my own dreams and ambitions 
on hold for a guy what the hell like no one should do that that's not no and I and I look at back now and I'm like you were so stupid like why why did you do that but it's like love is blind like when you love someone and you care the hell about someone you will throw anything away for them like you will and it's bad don't do that everyone don't do that don't don't throw it away (laughs) um but like he uh I uh I left and then my best friend like one of my close friends, she drew, picked me up. I was crying, chugging a bottle of vodka. Just I was a mess. And uh, she was like, uh, I told her, I was like, if we go back to his house or his best friend's house, because they're neighbors, and we, if I see that girl there, I'm done. I'm not going to be his friend, nothing. Because he was spamming me with calls. He's like, babe, don't leave me. Like, don't, like, no. Like, he was, you know, really like, please don't like there's a reason why we always get back together like please don't and um we ended up like sneaking into his best friend's house and like looking through the window and I see this girl which is a main reason how he broke my trust three times in three days and she's like there and I tell my friend I was like Kate we're leaving like I I don't have anything to say to him I don't and she's like I'm sorry Catherine but I've had enough of this shit she's like you can't hold me back I'm going in there she busts open the door goes in starts screaming like who are you what are you doing who do you think you are blah, blah, all this stuff right and then they go upstairs and they end up like talking and like trying to figure stuff out and she messages me and she's like you need to come up here like you got you need to have some reconciliation like you don't have to date him again you don't have to be friends with him whatever just like at least get some sort of closure I was like, okay. So I go upstairs and he's like, we're all friends here. Why can't we just be friends? Like all this stuff. I'm like, no, I'm like, no. And I started bringing up stuff from the past, like all this stuff, making very clear reasons on why I don't trust him and why we're not together. And he just like, I lost it because he said something that was just so like disrespectful. And it, it, it was, he does this thing where he pretends he doesn't remember things and so that's what he was doing. And I ended up was just like, okay, I, I'm done. And I, I'm like I said, I am not a physical person, but I did jump and tackle him. And I was pissed. I was mad. I, my close friend, she was looking at me and she was like clapping like, yeah, I get that anger. But I don't, I don't support it. Nobody tackle anyone, but it's just not okay. You shouldn't do it. But I did at the time. Like, you know, and I just was like, you want to see a crazy Latino? I'll show you crazy Latino. I was just going ham. So that was a little funny, but like, I'll laugh about it now, but like, shouldn't have done that. But you know, uh, it was a hard lesson. I was really sad, but I mean, then I ended up quitting my job. Uh, As soon as I went to work, I quit my job. Like I put my two weeks in. I, one of the things he said before I left he's like well I didn't think that you were moving to Victoria I thought that you were just saying that so in my head too I'm like I'm not gonna be friends with someone who isn't gonna support my dreams like why you shouldn't um and you know he used that as an excuse of he was jealous that I was moving to Victoria he was mad that you know he's like well we wouldn't have worked long distance anyways and I'm like you know what whatever like I'm not even gonna try and explain myself with you that I wanted to like even just be friends with you like I'm not even gonna explain myself um but I literally put my two weeks in I moved down to Victoria stay with my dad for like a week and I got my own place with my own money and I live here now and I'm starting a business 
and I'm finishing any courses. I'm, you know, getting back into music. Like I'm going to start writing my stuff. I'm doing like photography and like modeling and stuff. And I honestly, I can't say this enough. I am the happiest I've been in so long. Like I, I like it, 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 it makes me so like confused. I'm like, I literally wake up every day and I'm like, whoa, like I'm finally doing what I want to do. Like I am finally, you know, like doing things that are important to me. Like, you know, I'm starting a business in um, like, it's going to be like a clothing company, like particularly like bras, lingerie and everything, because I just, like I said, like I'm tired of women being sexualized and like, you know, sometimes you just want to wear a cute bra because that makes you happy. Not everything's because you want attention. And I want this to be a bigger thing. I want it to be that like, you know, it becomes big. There are women like seeing my sister being like homeless and on drugs and like trusting all these people and being used. Like it was beautiful when there were times where I could dress her up and I could style her hair and stuff. And she had this so much confidence that she had lost that was taken from her. Like it, it felt amazing. So I want to be able to like start this business and then turn it into something where maybe there's a way that I can, you know, get any homeless women off of the street and ha- get them a place to work Absolutely. and start like a program like that, where you can, you know, like we can make them feel beautiful again, make them feel like they have their confidence again. Like they are not sexualized. And like, you know, so many rape, like people who have survived from like rape and everything I've been sexually like harassed, like, mm-hmm. um, like I know so many women, it is so common and it is disgusting and sad. And like, you know, when you get raped, like you feel like you are like, like, you know, you feel not like yourself, you, you are almost like disgusted by yourself sometimes, not, not everyone, but sometimes. And I would hate for that. Like, I I want women to feel empowered and feel like they love themselves again. And like, I just want to make it like so much bigger, like, you know, make it an actual program, an actual like local business, like that has a good meaning to it, not just I want to feel sexy. Like, no, I want to feel like a boss, like, you know? So yeah, I I'm focusing on that. And that is my main priority. And I literally couldn't be happier. Like it's stressful though. Starting a business is hard. Like you are like, there's so much legal stuff and everything you have to read, but like, you know, I'm proud of myself. I, I, sometimes I forget to be proud of myself and I've learned now, like, I'm like, I look back and I'm like, Catherine, you're 17. And you're doing all this stuff and like you wouldn't have done it if you didn't go through half the shit you did like you should be proud like and so now that's my priority and definitely figuring out like my mental health and what are the next steps I can take to make my anxiety a lot less like what are the next steps you know so yeah that's that. I'm sorry this took so long. Oh it's okay no no don't worry about it that's your story (laughs) and the fact that you can jam all of that into this span of time is amazing and (laughs) honestly your story has left me utterly speechless like I and I'm not just saying that like it's not something that I say or take lightly like I'm a very honest person and I'll tell you exactly (laughs) exactly how I feel and you honestly left me speechless and like when you first reached out to me I like yeah you explained a little bit 
and you can obviously make up these scenarios in your head and you can think, oh, well, maybe this happened, maybe that happened. But like your story has just utterly broken all those things that I um, <laughs> presumed and has just like shaken my world. Like that is amazing. And I- There's a lot of twists and turns. I have yeah. to admit, like I'm sometimes tell my friends, I'm like, wow like I, I should make a movie this would be hilarious like <laughs> I don't know if it would be hilarious but yeah. well yeah. yeah no and just the fact that you're like you're so young and you're doing something so amazing and where you want to take that business is like next to none like that is amazing <laughs> I know that for myself like I can obviously relate to that a lot and just your your ambition to help people and obviously it stems from your past and you constantly being there to help people and going through some struggles and you just not wanting other people to struggle and obviously the same. same yeah, business, totally. Right? Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, one question that I have is what is like, what would be your biggest tip of advice for somebody that's going through something similar to yourself or even just any form of mental health struggle? Yeah, um, probably would be like, always put yourself first but also um like there's there's so much like advice that I could give but I guess the main thing is is just like be strong like there is a reason why you're here mm -hmm. and um like you know you're never alone there are always people that care about you um you like like I couldn't say this enough people come into your life for a reason a season or forever you go through things for a reason Mm -hmm. uh, uh, like they teach you so many things. So just be strong, uh, put your head down and just work your ass off. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the biggest things I could have done was just like putting my head down. And I was like, I don't owe anyone an explanation. You don't owe anyone an explanation. Um, you don't owe anyone an explanation on why you went through things or, you know, why you coped with things differently. You know, you don't owe anyone an explanation. If anything, just like plug it out and just put your head down and work like the way to success is super lonely and super hard it doesn't always have to be you're going to meet amazing people but 80 percent of the time it's going to be hard and lonely you're going to have to get rid of so many people to that aren't adding value to your life in order to get to where you want to be like there my friend sent me a quote today it was basic I don't remember exactly what it said but she was like you know P God takes away people from your life for a reason or he adds people to your life for a reason so maybe there was a, a like a, a lesson you needed to learn or maybe they just weren't adding value to your life and he has a different path like a different person that will help you with your path to success like you don't know that so literally just put your head down and work like I haven't talked about my story in so long because in the back of my head I always thought of my old best friend how she was like you know you're using this for attention and all this stuff and it's that's not at all why like the reason why I messaged you and came on this podcast was because I want you know you have a platform of people who are actually willing to listen and actually want advice and actually want to hear motivation and like become a better person like that's why I tried to like make this story funny and just kind of like laugh about it because it's like you know I feel for myself now I can now that I've said this now that I've you know 
publicly come out with it and said it, I can finally feel like I can close that chapter and I don't have to dwell on my past. Obviously I have PTSD. I have things I have to work on from my past that I can't totally erase from my brain, but I can now be like, that was my life. Like that was my childhood. That was my life for the last 17 years. Um, but like we can close that chapter and just, you know, continue. And and now I don't feel like I don't have to shut everyone up and, you know, uh, put my head down and work. Like I, I do put my head down and work, but I don't have to, you know, I'm, I, now I've surrounded myself with enough good people and enough people that support me and just want the best for me that I don't have to, you know, like work alone. Now I, now I actually have people who are working with me and support me and everything. So yeah, I guess just put your head down work and know you're not alone and people come into your life for a reason, season or forever. And yeah, I will shut up now. That, like, <laughs> no, that's the main thing. No, yeah. Well, even for myself, the, one of the biggest things and I'm glad that you just said that is I've realized who's important in my life and who necessarily isn't and it's like a hard realization and it's it's really tough and I know even one of my like I'm not going to get into this but one of the biggest things that I've realized or thought about a lot is relationships and some of my Mm -hmm. past relationships and even future relationships that I may have is because just the biggest thing that I've learned from those is ultimately realizing how they either benefit my life or how they play a negative role in it and exactly like for me I am a very big hopeless romantic as well like I (laughs) I push for it and I'm like go on one date and it's like oh my god this is this is where we're getting married this is how many kids are having right I love it (laughs) yeah no but ultimately one of my biggest things that I've taken from my past is just realizing like there's a lot of times when I would have like I'm a big business entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. mindset. And so for me, I would always come up with a million ideas and mm-hmm. I would always share them with people and just be like, Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And when I wouldn't get the response I was hoping for and with like no reason, they just, they'd like laugh or like whatever that would frustrate the hell out of me. And it just, ultimately it would crush me because I was like, I think this is a great idea. And some of the ideas were great. And I did um, pursue them for little bits and pieces at a time. Mm-hmm. And they, everyone that I talked to loved them, but it's like the people that you want to support you most just don't like the ideas. And that's exactly. a really hard thing, but then that's where you have to look at the people surrounding you and you have to say, okay, yeah, you're positive, you're negative. And you honestly do. You have to separate your friends, even your family. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, like everyone around you, you have to look at who's in your life on a regular basis and what they bring to the table and if it's positive or negative. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just really happy that you touched on that for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Like uh, some of the people that I'm not friends with now, I used to, I, I am a people pleaser. There is no doubt about it. Like I just want someone to be happy. I don't, want to cause issues I I hate confrontation I hate issues Mm -hmm. but I've realized like there are some people that I used to be friends with and they just stopped talking to me like we're just not friends anymore and I've just you know or they just didn't support me or they like you said they would laugh at your idea and just be like 
okay, cool. Like you want to start a business. Oh, you want to pursue music. Like, oh yeah. Okay, cool. You want to be a lawyer. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Keep talking. Right. Um, but like, it's like, well, if you don't want to see me, like it's just their loss. That's what I see it as. It's their loss sucks. They're not in your life. Like you're living your best life. Like you're doing what you want. And like, it's not going to be easy, but like, that sucks that they lost someone super amazing. Like everyone brings value to the table. Like no one brings more value than someone else. Like everyone brings value to the table. And like, that's why, like, I, I have such a diverse group of friends, like ever, even in high school, like I was, I called myself like a floater. Cause I never like wanted to be necessarily like only with these certain people or only with that. Like I was just friends with everyone from different groups. And, um, it's just, yeah, it's definitely like, uh, you just gotta, like, everyone brings something to the table, accept it, embrace it, and just, like, support them, and if no one is willing to support you with, like, what it is, or even just, like, be nice about it, just, like, listen, that's their, that's their loss, and that, like, you're so much, you are worth so much better than feeling sad about that, because someone doesn't appreciate your value, like, appreciate your value more than some, like, don't look for value in other people, or, like, um, in boys or in men or women or whatever, like don't look for value in, in someone else. Look for value in yourself. Know you're a badass. Like you are the coolest person ever. And there's only one of you. And you know, like just work your ass off. Like yeah. <laughs> no, that was actually something that I almost that I needed to hear. And I think it helped like even helps me. So thanks yeah. for that. Um yeah. <laughs> one last thing before we kind of wrap it up is if somebody does want to reach out to you, support you, or just talk to you and learn more about yourself, where could they, where could they find you and what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm obviously open to anyone, like anyone can talk to me. Um, they can message me on probably mostly Instagram. Like I'll mostly check my Instagram, um, messenger, pretty much all my socials are the same. My name, Catherine Panetta. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure you'll probably tag me in it. So you'll, they'll probably already know how to click me, like how to know where I am. But you know, my snap is on my Instagram. I sometimes use that more, but, uh, you know, uh, I'll filter through it and like talk, you know, like, if you want my number go ahead like yeah I'm I'm down for it only thing is say if you're from Campbell River and you're mad at me I'm sorry buddy but like this is my story so don't be mad I didn't say names for a reason (laughs) that's hey and that's the story that's they're doing things that didn't impact you so yeah you can't they can't be mad they can't hold a grudge so yeah exactly (laughs) like thank you again I honestly I envy you and the strength that you have I like speechless honestly again thank you so much (laughs) that's the only way to explain it is just speechless and I'm forever grateful for having you on and I know that Mm -hmm. we will definitely keep in touch we will continue to talk continue to share bits and pieces about our life and our stories and Yeah, but thank you again for coming on the Struggle Create Strength podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You are definitely an inspiration too. And what you're doing is phenomenal. Like I can't like thank you enough for having me on and like stress enough how amazing what you're doing is. I I think it's going to be great. It's it's going up there. You're on the you're on the chains of success. It's uphill from here. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you very much.
Okay. Well, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. I hope everyone enjoyed Catherine's story and I hope that you can reach out to her and show her the support that she deserves. If you want to reach me or come on the podcast, you can reach me at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook, or you can reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All the podcasts are found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. Be sure to check them out. Be sure to tell your friends. And just remember that everyone has a story. Mm-hmm.